The reason I came here is because I liked the way the founder explained his concept about fitness. We usually think that fitness is all about working out in the gym, drinking muscle milk, lifting weights, stretching, but fitness is much more than that. So today we'll find out, just waiting for the founder, he's getting ready. This is the gym facility. They have nutrition also as part of the program. And it's very, very customized. This whole program is customized to you. You know, it's about you, your body. It's not like a cookie cutter method. So let's find out. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pitch Cafe podcast. Today we are doing our podcast in a slightly different way. I'm here at 3 Fit and I'm with somebody very special. His name is Marcel. He's a super fitness coach. He has an amazing 3 Fit coaching methodology. Hey, all of you who don't like to work out, he's going to roast you. He's our bean master and he's going to get the best brew out of you in terms of fitness. So let's get started. I'm Marcel. Do you want to introduce yourself to our audience? We are all uh, fitness freaks. We are all uh, aiming for excellence. We want to do the 10x leap in terms of health. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Um, so I've been teaching for over 15 years. Um, I have a degree in kinesiology and psychology, which I use very frequently. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of training is about blending the mind and the body. Um, and then I also just study all kinds of things body related, right? Because we need to approach fitness from all different angles. Um, so, I guess the way that I think of fitness is it's more of a lifestyle than it is just like going to the gym or like you do a particular workout. It's really about how you live and how you identify with yourself, either as a movement person or maybe not a movement person, right? So my, I would say that my goal with each client is to help them figure out what is their movement identity and help them really dig into that and unlock that so that training no longer becomes this like thing that I dread and I gotta do and I gotta go to the gym and like, sweat for an hour and then die and hate it and then go back to work <laughs> you know but it becomes more of like you know sweet like this is the way i live my life and i choose to you know move or walk or you know pick up groceries or carry the grocery bags or whatever gets your body moving and doing more stuff than you would in general um that's kind of the way i approach how i coach and how i get people fired up about you know exercise in general and not just like thinking about i gotta do squats today yeah. <laughs> All right. So I really uh, like your uh, description of fitness. Uh, it seems super customized. It's super personalized. 
So before we get to what you uh, you prescribe to each of us, let's take a look at your gym and then later on put it all together and find out what is it that you do during your routines or circuits or whatever you call it. Sure. So Marcel, what do we have here? A bunch uh, of sacks? Sandbags. So oh. sandbags are just a fantastic way to develop some real world functional strength, right? So a lot of the things that we're going to pick up in life are awkward and mm. they don't move the way you would think like a dumbbell or a barbell would move. And so when we, when we train with sandbags, it forces your body to adapt to a lot of the changing positions, the shifting of the weight, you know, things like that, stuff that we would find in nature or maybe picking up our kids. This is fantastic for training with children. Um, I have a lot of new parents actually specifically trained with the sandbags here. Um, you know, and, and when we program with stuff like this, we, we either try to look at it from like a body weight percentage so say a person weighs 100 pounds, they're going to pick maybe 40 pounds, right, as a, as a percentage. When we're thinking about training specific stuff, it, it all depends on the person and their goals. You know, but in terms of the, the versatility of the sandbags, I mean, it's just awesome. You can do everything with a sandbag and it really transfers over to life skills. Uh, so that's how we, that's why there's so many. Well, <laughs> so we, I, we do a lot. I never thought about a sandbag as a training equipment. This is amazing. So there are a lot of things like this at home, which now I'm going to look at as a training equipment, as oh, a yeah. training gear. Yeah, I mean, especially with the pandemic, we've had to do a lot of online training and coaching. And so we'll get people to fill up pillowcases. With, Fantastic, like, yes, I was thinking about that. Or whatever, you know, because it mimics sort of the shape of a sandbag. But then, you know, the world is your gym. I mean, that's one of the things that we talk about a lot here is that you can use anything as equipment. If we think about what exercise is, uh, it's just stuff we make up to make up for what we don't do in the real world. Right? And before we had gyms, we had like rocks and tree branches and logs and trees to climb and stuff like that. That were all like natural pieces of equipment that we could play with. You know what I mean? And that's that's what would get us fit, so to speak. I love this analogy. So, I really yeah. love this. The whole world is our gym. Yeah, absolutely. And I would just write that <laughs> down on a wall and look at it every day. It's the true. whole world is our gym and then yeah. second thing we make up for what we don't do in real life i i like that we have machines for everything mm -hmm. we have lost touch with organic materials and this mm -hmm. is one way of uh, cherishing it yeah. no wonder three fit is a holistic framework tell me what is three fit um it originally started as mind body and spirit uh, and over the years it definitely still encompasses that because i believe that every every person comes to the table with those elements, right? You're either, you're, you're mentally, you're physically, and, and sort of your belief system as a person, which is what I would call spirituality, is part of how you move through life and how you're gonna interact with changing your body physically and consequently changing your mind and maybe even how you view yourself through the spiritual, whatever, right? Um, and over the years, it's morphed into other things. It's become like fitness, nutrition, lifestyle. It's become, uh, sort of the relationship between like me, you, and us in that aspect, and and um, you know I was I was finding that like things happen in threes. Fantastic. So yeah. Oh my gosh, look at this. Gosh, these are so huge. This is me, and this is them. Can you see how big it is? Gosh. There's, so there's an even bigger one in the back here. So these are. Gosh. Uh, this one weighs 500 pounds. 
Uh, this one's about 280 pounds. Uh, that one's about 250, and this one's 120. So 120 pounds? 120 pounds, but this, this, uh, this is like a semi-truck tire right here. Gosh. So the way we use these um, is a whole bunch of things. We use them for like lifting, we'll sometimes jump on them, uh, we'll sometimes drag them, like we'll attach a rope to it and just kind of pull. Um, and I'll do a lot of group work with this stuff. So in some of my group classes at 3Fit, we have uh, like team-based activities. You know, so we'll just throw a rope on it and be kind of like tug of war where you're pulling on the... So I just want to uh, stop you there. This team kind of activities, this is very common to uh, uh, triathlon and... Uh, not triathlon, Tough Mudder. Sort of like that, yeah. And uh, there are a couple of the, others. Uh, Spartan Race. Yes, Spartan Race. Mm -hmm. Wow. So yeah. what is this with team building and this, uh, you know, really difficult challenges in the gym? How do they connect? What's going on there? So I would say that in order to really live to your true potential, you have to sort of test yourself and kind of explore what you're really capable of. Uh, and the, the most tangible way is through physical exertion, right? Finding out the most that you could lift or the most that you could pull or the longest that you could run. And so, I'm not saying that's right for everybody. Right. But uh, well, what does it do to the body working with such demons, you know, <laughs> like so at the body level, fine, it's training you. But what's happening in the mind? Well, then you, you start to understand yourself and you like I would I would say it this way. You can't really solve a problem unless you understand the question mm. and you can't really dig into yourself as a person and know who you really are until you really know what you're capable of. So, like so give me are. give me one example. So like, say you run until you're, you hit failure, right? So if people are doing a marathon, like mm -hmm. I would never do a marathon, that's just not my wheelhouse, but mm -hmm. I have, I've trained people who do it. Mm -hmm. And to push your body to that limit, you have to dig in super deep. From a physiological level, we run out of energy somewhere in that 20 mile range, and then you need to take in energy to keep going. It just has to do with our physiology, right? So there's something in your mind that has to say like, I know I'm hitting this wall, which we all heard of the wall with the marathon, right? But I'm gonna do what I can in the moment while I'm still running to break past that wall and really hit, you know, whatever my true potential is. Mm -hmm. um, so when you when you sort of find those physical limits, you find that because you're developing your mental capacity to push you that way. Fantastic. And so we as as coaches here at Three Fit, like we want to help people find out how to tap into that with with anything we do. You know? It's mm -hmm. not that we're pushing you to failure all the time, right? Because that's not. That's also not valuable, um, but as we as we progress from a fitness perspective, and we really you know, help you figure out how to develop that sense of like, oh, I can do this. You know, even though it's going to be hard, I, I got it. I can I can handle it. You know, in the in the team aspect of it, you know, as a team, we sort of feed on each other's energy, right? So if we're pulling this tire and we have to pull it all the way around the building, if someone gets tired, someone else can be like, come on, you got this, let's go. I need your help, pull, pull, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then they're gonna dig in, they're gonna go, oh wow, oh, I, I still have some energy left, okay, cool. And then they're gonna leave that session, and even though they might not think about it, they've felt it and they've experienced it, and they will then take that and apply that to the next session, the next hardship in their life, the next work problem, whatever else, because they've felt that like, oh cool, I still have more than I thought I did, so I'm gonna keep pushing. Fantastic, fantastic. So Marcel, what do we have here? So these are resistance bands. Um, I don't know if you can see this here. They're, they're kind of like a strength loop. Um, and these are probably one of my favorite tools to play with because they're super duper versatile. Uh, and you can set them up anywhere. 
Um, so when the pandemic hits, we, we basically pivoted to online training and I found sort of a list of equipment that was pretty cheap, it was under 50 bucks. Um, and I sent that out to all of our clients and I was like, look, you get this stuff, we'll take you through the whole pandemic and you'll, you'll get a fantastic workout and there's not gonna be a, a day you need to miss with this piece of, piece of equipment. So um, what we have, you know, I have a, a bar on my ceiling that this are attached to, but at home people would put this in their door frame and then they would loop it to something and then it would stay put there. Um, but what's cool about these, they're super portable, they're really light, and, they, and you can scale the resistance literally on the fly. So we're going to do something called a tricep press. Okay. Right, so you're going to take this band, you're going to squeeze it against your body, your elbows against your body, or pull it back, yep. And then we're only going to straighten the arms out. So everything stays squeezed against your body, and you're going to push your arms straight down, just like that, and then you come back up, and that's it. So this exercise works the back part of the arm right here. Yeah, I think I'll the other one. Great. That means, so uh, I have to hold, hold my course. Uh, uh, I think mm -hmm. I have to get my energy from my core, I think. Yeah, hold your body still, yep. And um, then press with the arms that, that way, yeah. So, you know, if, if I were taking you through this exercise as a client, we would talk about your core and what it does for you first before you even touch on this other stuff. Because, you know, that's something that's foundational, right? Your, your core is a support for everything else you're going to do in your life. Um, and if you don't understand that and feel that in your body, then no matter what else we do, it's not going to be as effective. So the core stuff is going to be first and foremost kind of thing. And that's, you know, when we do our assessment in 3Fit, we take everyone through uh, a, a full body assessment that looks at how they can move, uh, how well they can coordinate their bodies, control their bodies, and we base our program off of that information otherwise we're kind of just guessing about what's going to be effective. So if we assess you really well, then they know what is effective, and we don't waste time figuring it out. Right. It's like, all right, this is what we're going to do here, this is what we're going to do for this goal, and then we start implementing. All right, so what do we have here? All right, so this is a slam ball, and this is probably one of people's favorite tools. So the slam ball is a ball that does not bounce. Uh, and the reason for that is we want to throw this thing on the ground as hard as we possibly can, mm -hmm. uh, but without breaking the ball or without the ball bouncing back at you, right? So we would typically start with this on the ground and then you would bend down to pick it up and you would bring it up and you bring it into this overhead position mm -hmm. and then you would literally throw it down as hard as you could. And, and what's the point? Um, so depending on how heavy it is, uh, it's, it can be generally just strength training from picking it up. Uh, but it's also kind of developing explosive power in the down throw kind of thing. So if I just kind of, you know, let it drop, that's not really developing uh, all of these muscles that help you, you know, really come together and support your body this way. So, so there's an ergonomic way of doing this. Ergonomic as in, without doing you bend, you do it in a, in, in a way you don't hurt your body. For sure. Okay. For sure. So those things you learn. Yeah, that's, yeah, so that's kind of stuff we teach. There's no, something that we, we live by, there's no like bad movement, it's just movements that you're not ready for. And when we, when we go through the assessment, we look at how people move, uh, and we take that information and, and base the way we teach this ergonomic way, or the most efficient way, you know, because everyone, wherever someone is at in their movements currently, they have adapted to that movement. So if I try to change that very drastically, I might actually set them up for injury. Because I'm asking their body to do something that they don't know how to do or they don't have access to. 
So we take them from where they're at and we build them out into a better, or into a position where they can more effectively engage their muscles uh, and sort of more like, uh, what's the right way to say this? Like you're, you're basically reducing the internal barriers. So if you take away the friction that's in your joints and in your muscles because of tightness or lack of use or whatever, then you don't have to overcome those internal forces and you can apply that just to the bottle. So can I try one and tell you how to go about it? Sure. Oh, gosh. So that one's 10 pounds. Yep. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So from here, um, you're going to take it, you're going to bring it overhead. And then as you're coming down, your hands start to go over the top of it and then you press it down towards the ground. Oh, on top? As you're pushing down. Oh, okay. So just practice one first. Go ahead and just throw it as best you can. Go. Okay. Uh-huh. And now when you pick it up, so that was a good example right there. When you reached out to this position, yes. I'd actually tell you to bring it back so it's right underneath your feet, or right between your feet, and then pull it from there, because that's less leverage on the body. Yes, okay. All right. All right, so roll it back to your feet. There we go. And this way. Uh-huh, good. Okay. Does that feel easier than the first time? Yes. Good, and that's the important part. Yeah, and is, it, is there like a circuit I need to do too? No. So this is, you know, de-stress. Totally, that's exactly this what I was going to say. Uh, stretch and unwind. Yeah, if you've ever this had a bad day at work, this, this, <laughs> this one is... This is really good. Boom! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have, I'm having a good time, so I'm not going to do that. Okay, fine, fine. So great. Uh, all you uh, people who are watching this, especially startup founders, who spend a lot of time in front of a computer desk, you put all your anxiety on your computer screens, this is a really good way to de-stress. So, uh, this, uh, what is this called? It's the slam ball. It's called the slam ball. Go and get a slam ball <laughs> and register with Marcel at 3Fit. So do you offer online classes as well? Or? Yeah, so we do online, we have a couple hybrid classes, and then uh, we have some in-person only classes. Awesome. So, and then before our like, large format group classes, and then we do individual training as well, and some of training, so. Fantastic. Um, so these are kettlebells, and these are pretty, commonplace at, at gyms, you can find them anywhere. Uh, and kettlebells are fantastic tools. There's a lot of uh, movements that we can do with this. Uh, you can do static stuff, you can do momentum-based stuff, which is how they were sort of originally used, uh, like the kettlebell swings. Um, you know, and, and a lot of times people will hold them by the handle and then they'll kind of press from here or you know, wow. they'll do their swings or whatever the case may be. Um, but these, these tools are great for exploring a lot of different possibilities and movements. So show me something unique which I haven't found Just so, yeah. just so, so you don't. Oh, just just so. <laughs> yeah, just, Thank you. So typically I would have people take off their jewelry, but yeah. Um, just, you know, because you don't want to break that. Um, but so one of the things that I like to do, especially for grip training, so for a lot of the people that come in here, they work with computers, they have potentially hand issues. Yes. Right? Imagine sitting at a computer all day, your hand is just doing this. Yes. It's not exploring all the different positions. I have those hand issues. They okay. crackle in the night when I, I have to do this every night yeah. because I have not done it through the day. And there's some tension here. Yep, yep. Right. So there's a lot of cool grip work we can do with the kettlebell. Um, and it's all like leverage based. So if you think of, you know, the, the farther an object is away from your point of tension, the more challenging it will get. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's supposed to be hard, because if it was easy, yeah. you wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. So when we think about this, from a grip training perspective, I have to squeeze this kettlebell as hard as I can, and then I'm trying to pick it up out here, Gosh. Right? and then that's making my whole forearm, and the, and the bicep, and the shoulder, and everything 
be a part of this movement. And we could just lift it straight up too, and that's still gonna get some grip work. So I have a question here. Mm -hmm. if, you, if people play tennis or they're playing badminton, mm -hmm. do they get a similar kind of workout on their arm? Uh, yes and no. The, the power of their movement does elicit some of those fast twitch yeah. muscles that will make your muscle grow. Right. But it's not a continuous load or a continuous time under tension. And that's what we need to make sure we develop the musculature to sustain longer movements. So okay. so here there's a lesson about continue, being continuous about movement. Yeah, or think of it like time under tension is a, is a better way to, to think about it. So if I just do a rep like that and I'm done, uh, or say you do a tennis serve, right, which is a instant movement, the time under tension is so short that your body doesn't really get time to adapt on a muscular level. Right. It just adapts maybe on a neurological level. Right. So if I want to change the, the structure of my musculature, I have to hold something for a while yes. and then give my body time to feel that and go, oh, I'm getting tired. Oh, my muscles are starting to fail. Oh, no, that's really hard. Yeah. Now the muscles and the connective tissue are all going to go, okay, I received enough input. Now I can make some changes and go, okay, I need to grow some more stuff, or awesome. I need to... I'll, I'll stop you there. So, so guys, this is a message for you. Time under tension. We all go through tension normally when we do physical activity, but in life, if you're raising funds in your startup, if you're going for an interview, that entire stretch is filled with tension. So will you be able to manage your mental, spiritual, and physical faculties through the interview, through the funding, through the startup? So working out is a physical manifestation of managing that stress. Am, am I right? Yeah. So how do you how do you interpret this in psychology or uh, you know your uh, field kinesiology? How how can you better interpret what I just said? Uh, and there's um, there's a better way to interpret that. That's <laughs> great. Uh, you know when like like what I tell people is the the time that you spend exercising is the, the tangible time that you get to apply your brain to something. So when I lift a weight, and I do that consistently for a while, I see that my muscle gets bigger and my muscle gets stronger. So that's a tangible reflection of the work that I'm doing into in that muscle, for instance, right? Mentally, we don't have something that tangibly happens. You don't get to see your brain get bigger or the, the areas of your motor you know, pathways get bigger. Uh, it just comes through experience like movement or something like that. Mm -hmm. So when we apply our, our mental faculties to training, you're sort of indirectly developing that mental grit uh, to be able to handle more load, more load under tension, uh, under time. You know, and like I, I want to add, you just mentioned when you showed me those slides that you include in a team building activities. So you develop a mental faculty of working with a team. Yeah. yeah. Not just on yourself, but with others as well. Well, we're social animals. Like our brain exists in our skull, yes, but the way we interact with the world is dependent on all of our interactions that we've ever had with anyone in the world. And that's why I say as 3Fit, it's not just about you and me, it's about you, me, and us in that relationship that way. So for anyone who's in a position where they're lead leading people, they have to think not just about the decisions they make, but the decisions that, are, that they're making that are affecting everyone down the line and then how that's going to come back to them and maybe support their decisions for future stuff. I really love this idea. Not only you, but you, me, and us, all of us. So whatever you're doing, how does it affect others and how does it come back to you? So this is amazing.
so yeah, uh, let's move on to the next prop. I can't predict what we'll discuss next. <laughs> Alright, I don't know if I'm ready for this, but Horsan, you said the world is your gym. World is your gym, right? So now you're saying the floor is the prop. The I'm waiting to see how the floor is the prop. The so the, first of all, the floor always has your back. It will always be there to catch you. Okay. <laughs> right? Um, but what I mean by that is, is so much of our life is spent on some chair or in a high bed or a couch. And you know, if we remember, when we look at kids and we look at how they develop, right? they've got great flexibility. They, they can move in every way they want to. And they start on the floor. You know, they start from the ground and they build themselves up. Just like a business would be built. Just like you would assess from a fitness perspective. right? It's always the ground up. That's the most uh, functional way to think about building something. Right, so when we use the floor as a prop, we think of this, you know, maybe potentially isometric effort. So isometric means contraction without length change. Um, and the way that prefit approaches fitness is we start from the inside out. So our joints are the main producers of movement. Everyone thinks muscles and tendons and stuff like that. The joints are really what connects our brain to the stuff that makes us move, like our muscles and whatever else, right? So if we don't have good joints, we don't have good anything else, period. Right? Uh, just like if you don't have a good team, you can't build a good product. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you can extrapolate that out as far as you want to. So floor is also stability in life. Where do you get your stability from? Sure. Who has your back when things go wrong? Mm -hmm. So what's the stability mean for you? You have to think about it. So let's now focus on the gym. Yep. And this is the gym floor. Yep. And Okay, so in this 90-90 position, this is the way that we work people's hip joints. Because again, we have, we have to make a functional joint before we can do things like squat or run or jump or run or whatever the case may be. Right? Your hip has to connect your legs to your torso to make you move around. So when I think of the floor as a prop, I'm thinking of I'm going to push into the floor as hard as I can. And I know this floor is not going to move. It's not going to give me a single millimeter of movement. So I can put 100% of my being into this floor and get the most out of my efforts mm -hmm. because this object is not going to cave. It's not going to give me anything. Right. It is there. Mm -hmm. So who is your stability in life? Is it your family? Do you get your stability from your career? Do you get it from your identity? What is it that is not changing? Is it is it somebody, your close friend? Is it your spouse? Who, who is your stability? Yeah. <laughs> right. so, um, you know, for example, we would, we would lean forward into this stretch position, mm -hmm. and you're going to think of trying to get your belly button towards your thigh and shin. Mm -hmm. You can put your hands on the ground uh, as you as you kind of face, and as we do that, we feel a nice stretch in the hip, right? Mm -hmm. So out of there. Okay, so we would go through this whole sequence of like a long passive stretch, and then some other stuff. We'll just kind of skip the trace, just so you can feel what this is like. So when you when we, when we contract here, you're going to push just your foot into the ground as if you're trying to rotate your whole femur mm -hmm. this way and going that way, right? And what that's going to do is it's going to produce a bigger sensation in your hip, okay? So we're going to ramp this up really gradually, mm -hmm. right? So we're going to start pressing at 10% efforts, 20% effort, 30%, body stays still, you're just trying to push into the ground, 40%, 50%, and now you should start to feel this big line of effort go all the way to the hip, right? Right. Good. We're going to hold that for a little bit here. We're going to hold this for about 10 seconds. So you just breathe, keep your body really still, hold, right? And if 
it's because you're pushing against this stable position and this body position that your brain learns how to control your hip joints. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to relax all the way. And once you fully relax, then we're going to see if we can sink deeper into the stretch. So when you, when you say hip joints, uh, they are connecting uh, the lower part of the spine to uh, the bones which are holding your legs, leg bones, the pelvis, basically the pelvis. This is a position we don't do. I mean, I think if you're sitting in front of a computer throughout the day, uh, these muscles probably don't use a whole lot. No. <laughs> so a lot of people that I have, uh, you know, most people have a laptop nowadays. So I tell them to take their meetings from the floor. Wow. And I guarantee you will fidget more. You won't sit like this for longer than five minutes at a time. So then you might sit like this, yes. or then you might sit like this, or then you might sit like this. Take right? your meetings.
Thank you. 